Folks, we are just one day away from the exhibition opener against Lewis Clark State. Here's what I'm going to be watching for in Friday's game, as well as an update on priority recruit Isaiah Harwell, all coming up on today's Locked On Zags podcast. You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. going on y'all welcome to the locked on zags podcast part of locked on podcast network your team every day i'm your host and longtime gonzaga podcaster andy Patton, here to bring you news and updates on all things zag athletics today's episode of locked on zags is brought to you by prize picks folks go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college use that promo code locked on college and you'll get a first deposit match of up to 100 dollars. prize picks is daily fantasy sports made easy Happy Thursday. Happy November. We are officially into the first month of the college basketball season. Today, we got Isaiah Harwell. His top nine includes Gonzaga, top 10 prospect in 2025. Philip Petrusev got traded twice in a 24-ish hour period. We'll talk about that. We also have some exhibition Gonzaga basketball on deck for Friday. So let us start there. Folks, just for how this is going to work this season, my plan is to continue to do what to watch for kind of game preview episodes the day before. I found in the past doing them the day of just doesn't give them that long of a shelf life. So for this season, look for preview episodes discussing the opposing team, discussing the matchups, and then discussing the kind of what to watch for, keys to victory, depending on the the, uh, opponent, we'll kind of switch off doing that. But those will always come out the day before Gonzaga's games just as a a programming note going forward. So for today, since we're not going to do keys to victory, it's an exhibition game against a non-Division I opponent. We're also not going to spend a lot of time breaking down Lewis Clark State again in future episodes. We'll spend more time talking about Yale and their style and all that stuff. But for this game, I really just want to talk about the individual aspects of the game, when it's on, where it's on, all that, as well as what I specifically am going to be watching for in this game. We'll, of course, recap some of that stuff next week as well. Gonzaga, Lewis Clark State, November 3rd, 6 p.m., McCarthy Athletic Center. Those are the key details. The other main details that most of you are going to be wondering, how the heck do I watch this game? So the game is going to be on SWX or KHQ locally. If you're in the Spokane, the Spokane metro area, you should be able to get KHQ, SWX, and watch the game there. Outside of the region, the game is on ESPN+. Plus. This is a new thing this year, for those of you who haven't heard this yet, non-market areas. So if you're in really anywhere outside of Washington and parts of Oregon, and and I'm I'm not 100% sure on Idaho, but Washington, Oregon, maybe Idaho. If you're in California, Texas, New York, wherever else outside the country, ESPN Plus is the way to go. It has replaced the WCC network. It is the prime way to watch Gonzaga basketball games out of market. Where it's a little unclear is people in like the, the Portland area, the Seattle area. I know that's a huge chunk of you. My understanding is that the game should still be on ESPN plus, but if it is not, if it is blacked out from ESPN plus because of how close those localities are to Spokane, you should be able to log in online and watch the game on KHQ's website. If you're 
listening to the show, you're struggling to figure it out. You're on Friday. You're unsure. Find me on Twitter, Andy Patton CBB. Join our Discord channel. We will absolutely have links and information about how to watch this game. I'm sure there will be plenty of people on social media directing you to links. But this game should be viewable by everybody. Of course, it's an exhibition game, but it should still be our first opportunity to see this Gonzaga team with our own eyeballs uh, playing a non-Gonzaga opponent this season. So what are we looking for? I have five things that I'm going to be watching for. There is a ton. Mostly I'm excited to see the new guys. I'm excited to see Graham E.K., Steel Venters, of course, Ryan Nembhard. I'm excited to see the freshmen, Stromer, Krinovich, uh, Pavel Stosic, like Braden Huff. Like I'm excited to see everybody get their first real action. But here are the five specific things that I'm going to be looking for that I'm going to discuss after the game. How much does Graham E.K. play? That's number one. I'm not super concerned with Graham E.K.'s performance. If he looks uh, like very bad, I, that uh, like alarmingly bad, we'll obviously discuss that. But I'm not. I'm not really worried about that. I'm more worried, or I'm more curious how much he will play. We've seen secret scrimmage box scores from the Gonzaga Baylor game that indicated Graham E.K. played about 20 minutes. I would be surprised if he played more than 20 minutes against Lewis Clark State. If he does, great, and he comes out of it super healthy, awesome. I don't know that there's a need to play him that much. I would rather see more of Braden Huff, more of Ben Gregg, maybe more of Stosich, depending on if he's going to play or not. But Graham E.K. getting real minutes in this game is a huge positive. Again, if he misses all of his shots, if he doesn't look particularly comfortable, yeah, maybe we can have a conversation about that. But ultimately, I want to see him play. I want to see him play a small-ish role. Start with the starters, you know, play the normal expected Gonzaga basketball, run their offense with the starting lineup. By the second half, maybe he doesn't play at all. Maybe he plays very little. Maybe you get more opportunities for the younger guys, and also you just get him rest. He's coming off of a significant injury. So him getting rest and healthy and being able to be fully 100% next Friday against Yale is far more important. Having said all that, really hope we do get an opportunity to actually see him on the floor since we haven't done that yet. Four more keys to get here. Uh, number two, how are the minutes distributed between Dusty Stromer and Luka Krinovich? I talked about this during the Luka Krinovich uh, player preview episode, which went up on Wednesday. I talked about this in the Dusty Stromer preview, which I think went up last Wednesday or Tuesday, perhaps. Um, I'm curious who's going to play more minutes and how those minutes are distributed. I don't think that it's necessarily a, a hard and fast indication of how the season's going to go depending on how it goes. If Strummer plays 18 minutes and Luca plays two, that is probably a pretty good indication of what is going to happen when the season starts. Likewise, if it's flipped. But if they both play a similar amount, I think that kind of gives you an indication that maybe there's still a bit of a, a battle brewing, as it were, in terms of who's going to kind of carve out the bigger role. I'm also curious how they, like where they play. Does Dusty's minutes come primarily when Steel Ventures is on the bench? Do Dusty's minutes come at the one or the two? Or are they at the three? What about Krinovich? Does he spend any time at the one? Are all of the point guard minutes going to Nembhard and Hickman? What does that look like? This is just more of a, again, performance-wise, I think they'll look good because they're playing a team that they should look good against. But I'm more concerned of like, what are the roles that are defined for those guys? And how do we see them play out in this first game? And that's going to be a lot of the rest of these keys here. Number three, somewhat similar. It's about Jun Sakyo. With Yo, I am curious about the role. Is he going to play some small ball four? Is he going to exclusively play the three? But more than that, I'm also just curious, how does he look? Does he look comfortable in the offense? Does he look like he's getting to his spots 
in rhythm, knowing where to look to make the pass, knowing who's going to come off what screen, knowing when to go set a backdoor screen. Does he look comfortable in the offense? Does he look comfortable defensively? Because his spread of kind of the the options for him this year are are staggering. Talent-wise, he could be a really, really good player for Gonzaga. But is he there yet this year? Recent indications, performance at craziness, uh, the box score at the Baylor game indicates he's maybe not there yet. But this is going to be our first really real chance to see that. If he comes out and scores 25 points in this game, that's going to tell us something. If he doesn't play at all or plays only a few minutes per game at the end, that's going to tell us something too. How much Jun Sakyo plays, how he looks comfortability-wise within the role that he's given, big part of this game for me. Two more things as well. Again, mostly kind of role discussion. Uh, number four is, is kind of what role Anton Watson plays. Because Drew Timmy's gone. Does Anton Watson replace Timmy as the back-to-the-basket scorer? Is he primarily out on the wing? Does he play any three? My instinct there is probably not, but hey, let's look for it. If Gonzaga runs the high-low offense, where is Anton Watson? Does he trade off between being the low man and the high man? Does it depend who's on the floor with him? For example, is Watson playing the low role when Ben Gregg's in the game? And then is Watson playing the high role when Graham E.K.'s in the game? That makes sense to me based on what I know about those players, but that doesn't mean that's what Mark is going to do. And again, one game sample doesn't give us a full picture of how that's going to shake out this year. But Anton Watson is probably going to have the biggest role that he's ever had in a Gonzaga uniform. Not probably. He will. He will have the biggest role he's ever had in a Gonzaga uniform. And how he gets used in this game might give us an indication of what that's going to look like going forward. And then finally, sticking with the front court, how about Ben Gregg and Braden Huff? Excuse me. How are they utilized? They both should play, but in what role? Again, is Ben going to play back to the basket or is Braden going to do that? Both these guys are, are outside shooters. That's kind of been billed for them. Ben has proven it, 38% three-point shooter last year. Braden, of course, hasn't had that opportunity yet. Braden's a little bit bigger. Maybe it makes sense for him to be kind of closer to the basket. Is that the way it shakes out? Are these two guys going to play together? Are they only going to play minutes with Watson and EK? What does that look like? How do they look defensively? Do either of these players look like they could be legitimate rim protectors for Gonzaga? How do they look defending in space, coming off pick and rolls, things like that? Will Pavel Stosic play at all? You know, those are the questions I have for Gonzaga's front court. And that's kind of the questions overall. Again, I'm very excited about this just because we're going to get opportunities to see these guys in action for the first time. And that is the most exciting part of the year. It's, it's an absolutely fantastic thing. But those are kind of the few things I'm specifically going to be looking forward to. Next week, we'll do mailbag. We'll talk about some of this stuff as well and kind of break down what we saw, what we didn't see, what it all means on a future episode of the Locked on Zags podcast. But for right now, We're going to switch over to talking about recruiting because top 10 guard Isaiah Harwell in the class of 2025, he revealed his top nine this week in Gonzaga, which is his only scheduled visit so far. They are on that list. You bet they are. More on that after a word from today's sponsor, Prize Picks. Folks, Prize Picks offers weekly promotions that can lead you to big payouts like their Taco Tuesday deals every single Tuesday. PrizePix offers discount select player projections up to 25% to provide you with even more value. And with the PrizePix reboot policy, your entries can stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. So for NFL games and college football top 25 matchups, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second half, that player is rebooted. Folks, this is unprecedented in the daily fantasy space. PrizePix is the only platform with injury insurance. 
Beyond that, this app is very, very easy to use. All you do is pick two or more players and you choose more or less with that given stat. It's Thursday night football tonight. Deontay Johnson going for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Over-under is at 58.5 receiving yards. Folks, smash the over there. He's against Tennessee. Weak secondary. I got Deontay Johnson hitting the over there. You hit that, you bet one more player, and boom, you are getting paid. So go to prizefix.com slash college. Use that promo code LockedOnCollege for a first deposit match of up to $100. Again, that's prizefix.com slash college and use promo code LockedOnCollege for a first deposit match of up to $100. PrizePix, it's daily fantasy sports made easy. Folks, want to thank all of you for making Locked On Zags your first listen or your first watch of the day. Shout out to those everyday listeners on YouTube. Shout out to those of you who joined us on the Discord channel as well. As I'm recording this, we are just under 200 people in that channel. I, you know, let's let's get for more. Let's get for 250 before the Yale game. Let's get to 500 before 2024. Why not? It's free. Click that link. Join us. We're talking Gonzaga hoops all day long. Right now, we're switching over to recruiting. Talking Isaiah Harwell, 2025. Five-star prospect Harwell on Halloween released his top nine for the up uh, for his recruiting the top nine schools that he is interested in going to. I should say, no surprise, of course, that Gonzaga is on this list as they are the only school that he has scheduled an official visit to. He is going to be in Spokane on February third that weekend to watch Gonzaga take on the St. Mary's Gales. So, of course, Gonzaga cracks the top nine as he schedules out that visit. There are seven really good basketball programs on this list. Gonzaga being among them, we also have North Carolina, the only other school he has taken an unofficial visit to. We also have UCLA, Texas, Alabama, Baylor, and Houston. What a tremendous group of top 10, top 15 caliber programs. Then you have Cal, Power 5 program, obviously a future ACC program, not exactly a basketball powerhouse. And then you have Idaho State. Now, Idaho State stands out like a sore thumb, and the reason being that Isaiah Harwell's father, Ron Harwell, played at Idaho State in the mid-90s. He averaged 14.5 points per game, tremendous player for them. Harwell himself is from Pocatello, Idaho, so it's nice to see him include Idaho State in this conversation. He's not going to go there. I don't think that there's really any kind of belief that he is necessarily, but including them on this list, genuinely giving them some consideration is always good to do for those programs. It helps them with some exposure to an extent. And also, of course, you know, honoring his dad, honoring the legacy, honoring his his home state, his home kind of uh, area uh, from him being from Idaho. But this is going to come down to those other seven schools. No disrespect to Cal. It's probably going to come down to those other seven. Feels like Gonzaga and North Carolina are in the front right now. Again, Harwell has taken an unofficial to Gonzaga. He has taken an unofficial to North Carolina. He has scheduled that official visit to Gonzaga as well. So this is really kind of the, the direction it feels like we're going, but we're very early, very early in this process. Uh, Harwell is a five-star prospect. Like we said, he's from Idaho. He transferred to play at Wasatch Academy in Utah. That is the same high school as Nolan Hickman. So certainly the relationship there is something that should help Gonzaga in this recruiting process. Six foot six, 200 pound guard. He's the number seven ranked player in the class of 2025 at 24-7 sports. On three has him listed a little differently than him at 6'5", 190, semantics. Uh, they also have number eight in the class at, at, on, at on three. So again, two 
reputable recruiting services, 24-7 Sports and On3, both list him as a top 10 prospect in that 2025 class. Uh, Some scouting services have given us some reports on him. He likes to play at pace. He's definitely a shooting guard, but it does sound like the the scouting report says indicates really strong ball handling skills and good decision making. So I wonder, Mark View loves his point guard combo guard hybrids. You know, Jalen Suggs was capable of playing both. Andrew Nembhard was capable of playing both. Nolan Hickman has played both. Like that is a role that can, that Mark Few really values. And it feels like Harwell's the kind of guy who probably comes in as a combo guard. Certainly depends if, you know, Zoom Diallo commits or if what the point guard situation looks like, but Harwell looks like a guy who could probably play both those roles and would be a a jumbo-sized point guard, which is very valuable in the modern college basketball. Uh, He's a a good defensive player. He's got a lot of good instincts. Like the scouting reports are are overwhelmingly positive on Isaiah Harwell. There's the opportunity for him to potentially reclassify to 2024. It's been discussed reportedly. I didn't get the impression reading his quotes about that, that it was like something he was super keen to do, just kind of something he was asked about. And he was like, yeah, you know, we might look into it. Uh, so I would, wouldn't be shocked. A lot of players reclassify top 10 players frequently reclassify, but I also wouldn't be surprised either if he stays in that class of 2025 as well. For Gonzaga, Harwell is the most second most notable player being pursued by the Zags in the recruiting uh, world. Of course, he is in the class of 2025. The most notable player is 2024 guard Zoom Diallo. And I really wish I had an update for you. I just don't. There hasn't been an update on Zoom Diallo in a pretty long time. He recently visited Arizona. He visited Arizona twice. We know that. He's also been to Spokane a handful of times. My kind of read on the situation is that Gonzaga, Arizona are are really the strong teams in the mix. It sounds like Alabama remains in that mix as well. Florida State has been in consideration. Washington has been in consideration. USC has been in consideration. I suspect that this is probably – a two to three man race between Gonzaga, Arizona, and and perhaps Alabama. I think UW is probably out. I think USC is probably out after adding Trent Perry. Uh, I've never gotten a a strong sense about the Florida state connection there necessarily, but we'll know when we know. A respected recruiting analyst said recently, Zoom might commit tomorrow and we might never hear, or it might be months. Like we just, he's playing it really close to the chest. Uh, obviously would be an incredible point guard to add to Gonzaga's 2024 class, six foot four, phenomenal floor vision, plays with pace, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Really, really talented young man. And then Gonzaga also, Nick Kamenia in the 2025 class, for where they to land Harwell and Kamenia would be a really solid uh, 2025 recruiting class. Kamenia is a four-star forward. I took an unofficial visit to Gonzaga for craziness back in 2022. He took an official visit to Gonzaga for craziness in 2023. It's his only official visit. Uh, he's a top, he's a four-star player, top 50 recruit in that class. Uh, a lot of indications are that he's going to commit to Gonzaga. That's the, the, the feeling that many are getting. It doesn't feel like there's a lot of other schools really uh, aggressively in pursuit right now, perhaps because they feel like Gonzaga has this thing locked up. But again, you never know. You never know. I certainly don't want to imply that this is a done deal. I just would not be all that surprised if the next recruiting thing that we hear from Gonzaga is a commitment from 2025 forward Nick Comedia. Well, folks, Philip Petrusev was traded, and then he was traded again. Meanwhile, Drew Timmy and Malachi Smith are both on G League rosters, and Rasir Bolton is the player of the month overseas with his new squad. We're going to talk about all of that after a word from today's sponsor, FanDuel. Score early and often this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. 
Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 in your pocket if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time than right now to get in on the action. The app is very, very easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. And with college basketball just getting underway, you guys can start throwing some of that money down on Gonzaga right now. They have 800 to one odds to make the final four. If you think Mark Few is going to be one of those last four coaches standing, you drop 25 bucks down. And then in March, when you're celebrating a final four team, you also celebrate being a couple hundred bucks richer. So folks, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. All right, folks, closing out the show today with some pro Zag updates, starting with the now well-traveled Philip Petrusev. I, just a, another peek behind the curtain for you all. I took all my notes about Petrusev getting traded from Philadelphia to the Clippers. What are the Clippers going to do with him? Are they going to keep him? Uh, are they going to cut him? What does this mean for him, et cetera, et cetera? Right before we hit the record button, the Clippers made that much easier for me because they flipped him yet again. He has now been sent to the Sacramento Kings. We're, we're reacting to this very shortly after that news was made live. So we'll start with what initially happened. Petrusev, alongside P.J. Tucker and James Harden, was traded to the Los Angeles Clippers. It is, of course, the James Harden blockbuster deal. For those who follow the NBA, Harden has been rumored to be wanting out of Philadelphia. Not rumored, has directly stated that he wants out of Philadelphia for a long time. The Clippers have kind of always been the projected landing spot. They end up trading a bunch of players, a bunch of picks to Philadelphia, land Harden, land P.J. Tucker, and then Petrusev was included basically to make the money work. There's no, he's got a guaranteed contract, but it's a partially guaranteed contract. It's a pretty easy player to trade because the money can work and then you can cut them without a lot of repercussions. So when the trade happened, there was an immediate report that the Clippers were weighing whether they were going to keep Petrusev. Effectively, they traded for Harden, they traded for P.J. Tucker. And they weren't feeling uh, particularly strong about Philip Petrusev. And what I was going to talk about was the 76ers drafted Petrusev in 2021. They drafted him after that dominant season in Serbia at following his, his two-year career at Gonzaga. Uh, they left him overseas for a couple of years. He had some up and down performances, played very well in the summer league last year, played well in the summer league this year, and then got that guaranteed contract. All that to say... The team that knows about Philip Petrusev, the team that is willing to believe that he is an NBA player, is the Philadelphia 76ers. Nobody else really has him on their radar. I'm sure teams scouted him out of Gonzaga. I'm sure teams scouted him professionally. I'm sure teams watched him in summer league. But the 76ers drafted him. The 76ers held the rights to him. The 76ers signed him to a contract. And then suddenly he gets traded. And the Clippers are like, we don't know that much about him. And so for me, I was very concerned of like, other teams aren't making big roster moves right now. The season's already started. Is anybody going to sign Philip Petrusev? Is he going to have to go back overseas? But the Sacramento Kings were willing to take him on, and they literally didn't give up anything to make it happen. The Clippers traded Philip Petrusev and cash to the Sacramento Kings. That was the trade. That was the whole thing. Basically, it was a salary dump for the Clippers. They traded part of his salary like made some extra money off of not having to take on his whole salary. Meanwhile, Sacramento gets 23 year old Petrusev and is going to figure out where do you fit in? 
there, it's a, I mean, it's not even a low risk move for Sacramento. It's a no risk move. If he works out and they find a spot for him, great. If they don't, they can cut him. That didn't cost them anything to acquire him. The Kings are pretty stacked in the front court. Of course, the notable connection here is DeMontis Sabonis, all-star player for the Sacramento Kings, former Gonzaga star. Uh, Sabonis and Petrusev being on the same team is very fun. Two international bigs who had a lot of success at Gonzaga. Uh, very cool to see them on the same team, but Petrusev is going to have to fight for playing time. They also have Kessler Edwards from, from uh, Pepperdine, so some WCC flavor going on in Sacramento, but they also have Trey Lyles. They have veteran JaVale McGee, Alex Lenz, Scala Vissier, lots of bigs in Sacramento right now. The playing time is not clearly there for Philip Petrusev, but the Kings are willing to bring him in and see what can he do. Maybe they can throw him on a two-way contract. Maybe they can pass him through waivers, put him on their G League roster. That's kind of what I expect to happen here. I think the odds of Petrusev being an NBA rotation player or even like a, a daily on the roster NBA player probably went away with the 76ers trade, which is very unfortunate. Of course, through three games, Petrusev had only played two and a half minutes. They came in a blowout game against Portland. He grabbed one rebound. That's it. At least now he has made the NBA. It has happened for him. So congratulations to him for making his debut. Hopefully things work out here in Sacramento. But if I'm being honest, I would not be surprised if there are more roster moves to be made regarding Philip Petrusev between now and the end of the NBA season. A couple more quick updates before we close out the show today. Drew Timmy and Malachi Smith are both on training camp rosters in the NBA G League. This is not a surprise. Both players were waived by their respective teams, Timmy in Milwaukee, Malachi in Portland, with the expectation that they would eventually suit up for those respected G League teams, the Wisconsin Herd in Milwaukee and the Rip City Remix in Portland. That is the case right now. Drew Timmy is on an 18-man roster with Wisconsin. A lot of other centers, a lot of other big guys on that roster. Yoranel, a new big Ibu Baji, uh, who used to play for the Portland Trailblazers, Marquise Bolden, who has a two-way contract. Uh, so there's some some size there, some depth there, but I think Drew Timmy is they're viewing him as a guy who who they expect to play a lot of minutes in the G League. At least I hope so. I expect so. So don't be surprised to see Drew Timmy uh, putting up really nice numbers in the G League in the coming weeks. Meanwhile, Malachi Smith again has kind of been on that Exhibit Ten deal with the Blazers for a while. Was with them with training camp, got waived. All along, the expectation was that he would end up being in the G League picture for them. They have 15 guys on their training camp roster. He is among them. Antoine Davis, former star for the Detroit Mercy, almost broke the Division I points record in college basketball. He is going to be with that squad as well. It'll be interesting to see if either of them get a chance to get either onto a two-way contract or all the way up into the association. It'd be very cool to have more Zags playing NBA basketball this season. My guess is these guys are probably locked into G League for the most part, but you never know. You never know. Final note here on Locked on Zags was Sir Bolton, player of the month for the Antwerp Giants playing professionally overseas. They've had five games so far. They are four and one in those games. And Rasir Bolton, big, big old reason why. 17.8 points per game for Rasir, 2.8 assists, one and a half boards, shooting 55% from the field, shooting 36.5% from deep, shooting 94% from the free throw line, of course. Very small sample size here in five games, but continues a tradition. Gonzaga guards doing well overseas. It, it happens. Nigel Williams-Goss has been one of the best point guards 
not in the NBA for a long time. So has Kevin Pangos. Gino Crandall won back-to-back MVP awards in the British Basketball League before going over to Germany. Admon Gilder, tons of success overseas. Now he's playing in Las Vegas with the G League Ignite. Uh, Aaron Cook had success. Eric McClellan just retired after a very lengthy and very successful professional basketball playing career. Silas Melson had success. Like if you're if a Gonzaga guard leaves this program and doesn't go to the NBA, I'm telling you right now, they're probably cooking somewhere in Europe hopefully. And now that we're into the season, I'm not sure if we'll be able to get to it, but I love doing recaps of those players. How are, how's Kyle Wilcher doing in China? How is Jeremy Jones and Jonathan Williams doing? They're on the same team in Japan uh, as of last season, you know, Nigel Williams, Goss, Pangos, the updates on those guys as well. Josh Perkins, like updating on how former Zags are doing is something that I really like. It's something that I know a lot of you really like too. So we're going to try to continue to do that as much as possible. And wanted to give a shout out here to Rasir Bolton for having a tremendous start to his professional basketball playing career overseas. That's going to wrap us up for today here on the Locked On Zags podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen or your first watch of the day. Also want to shout out those everyday listeners. Go hit that like button on YouTube. Let me know you were here. Drop a comment. Uh, and of course, hit that subscribe button. Join us on Discord. Link is in the show notes. Definitely a great place to be as we get into the Gonzaga basketball season. Once again, thank you so much for listening. And until next time, as always, go Zags. <laughs>